a.m. The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome into Sports Time on a Fight Song Friday, the Penn State Fight Song, welcoming us in this afternoon. We'll have Ohio State uh, at 4 o'clock, with that being uh, probably the biggest game of the weekend. But you're in with Sports Time. Bryant and Brett sitting in our family leisure studios. Brett, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. I don't know that I knew what Penn State's fight song sounded like, but I like it. Yeah, I I uh, thought maybe I had heard it before, but after, uh, after listening to it, I... I don't know if I have ever heard it before. You sure you didn't run Dartmouth out there on us? Uh, no, but I, I would love to. I mean, don't don't give me <laughs> ideas, Brad, or I might I might do something like that. Hey, Har- Harvard Yale week, we'll 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 do those. Deal. Of course, you know what Yale's fight song is. I do not. It's it's down the field. It's Tennessee's fight song. Is it really? Tennessee stole it from Yale. Did they really? Yeah. How about that? I did not. Georgia know that. stole the nickname Bulldogs from Yale. Really. That was Georgia's first football opponent, and they said, we're going to be the Bulldogs. They said, we like it. We'll be the Bulldogs. How about that? Ole Miss stole their colors from Harvard and Yale, the blue and the red. Really? I won't say stole. I'll say okay. out of respect. They, sure. they, they, yes. they, they use those. Alabama, Crimson, like Harvard. Uh, That's the closest wow. connections I can get us to the Ivy League. Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know all of these uh, – coincidences and uh how about i i'm learning something new today tributes how about that um tributes sure stole tributes whatever you want to call them i had i i passed and it was passed by tiger fans headed headed this way today they didn't come all the way to montgomery like i did they stopped in in birmingham where i think it's going to be fun i've got another theme this week on 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 bingo at 442 okay i'm excited for it Um, last week was all tigers chilean yeah Tonight's going to be all the big three games in Alabama tomorrow. Tigers right. UAB, third Saturday in October, Ole Miss all right. Auburn. All right, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I like you said last week was all Tigers, so now uh, state of uh, state of Alabama. I'm excited from, from my favorite road hotel in the SEC. It really is, and a good friend of mine is retired from the Alabama State Retirement Fund. It is this hotel where I am in in Montgomery is owned by the Alabama State Retirement Fund. Really? Yeah. So wow. he he always likes when I say it's it's my favorite hotel. But forever it was Auburn's hotel. The opposing team literally stayed across the street at the Embassy Suites the night before those big Iron Bowl games. The two teams were two hundred yards apart from each other. You're kidding. But Auburn left uh, quit staying here. I'm going to say around 2016 or 17 and started staying at, uh, uh, Robert Trent Jones Golf Club. And so this being a little better than the image switch was great though. I'm not knocking. It really was. And I, I, I it was, it was one of my favorites. Well, even before we moved to here, this is a little bit better, but Brian, you and the listening audience, you know, and the listening audience should know why it's my favorite. Why is it? Oh, oh, I know why it's your favorite. The radio equipment. The, the equipment it's the right, only yeah. place I have found that connects flawlessly with our equipment. 
no, I'm I'm not on I'm I'm not on the the app. It's 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 our equipment. Now, when I'm plugged into it, I have no TV, but I don't need TV from now to six o'clock. No, no, you don't. I hey, I've never been. You'll keep me up on the baseball. The, I'll keep you up on it, but hey, it, it's after you said that, it's now become my favorite uh, hotel, and uh, maybe all of America, Brett. How about that? I mean, <laughs> it's it's a good one. Yeah, so uh, so I definitely like it for that. And it's reason. within walking distance of great places to eat. Really, really, got some good spots around. Real good spots. What, what kind of spots? Like what? What, what kind of food are we getting? Uh, well, uh, look, we're used to good barbecue, but they got Dreamland here. Okay, and 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 and, and I like going and, and seeing how the runner-up does it to Memphis uh, barbecue. Yeah, of course, of with, course, with, with Dreamland. Uh-huh. If indeed it is, if it is the best now, but that that's debatable. If it's best, but it's really good, and I'm going there tonight. Uh, Wenzel's, a pretty famous oh, seafood yeah. uh, place, but chain place, but good, real good. Uh, was there at lunch with a crew, and then uh, then tomorrow, easy drive over to Auburn, and one of my favorite places to go to a game. And don't know when when we'll be back because uh, not on the schedule next year, and don't know what 25 will look like. For SEC scheduling, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that that they would send Ole Miss back down here in twenty five, having you know it been the road game the last time they played. Yeah. If, if we played in twenty five, I think it would be in Oxford. But unbelievably, next year, uh, you know, Alabama and Auburn not not on Ole Miss's schedule anywhere. Wow, that's hard to believe. It it, it really is, and the, and the league saw fit to send us to both places on the road mm-hmm. around twenty. 11, 2013 or so. Right. Thank, thank you, League. Yeah, of course. Thank you, League. Well, Two of the four road trips to uh-huh. the heart of the state of Alabama. <laughs> How about that? Uh, well, it should be a uh, it should be a fun game tomorrow. Um, that pregame starting at four o'clock. We'll have it at, on, on our station here. Uh, starting Gary and I get started at four. Yeah, get started uh, in the afternoon. Um, speaking of of listening, since you can listen to that game right here on Sports Fifty Six uh, tomorrow afternoon. How did the end of that uh, that Thursday night football game last night sound on uh, on the radio? I watched it, but I know you you were listening it, to it. It, it. it was wild, and then I heard the Al Michaels call. Now, the Thursday night crew was not as animated about the drop. Right. So then I saw the replay, and boy, oh, yeah. it was just right in the clutches. Right in his hands. Yeah, that was that was brutal. But that game, I mean, the ending of that game, from being up and really in control for the Jaguars, and then it coming down to that and really that, everybody thinking that that, it is. that that game would go to overtime, that that was a a really fun Thursday night game. We were we were kind of saying yesterday, like, this isn't the most exciting game, but it's not like the worst game you could have on Thursday Pretty night. It's, it's, a, it's a decent game for a Thursday night, but it, it really lived up uh, and was a really, really fun game to watch. Now, the curmudgeon football guy in me will look at that box score and, and quickly say, you can't win throwing it fifty-five times, and the Saints didn't. You're, you're absolutely right, and so but that's uh, not why they lost. That, that's not why they lost. But uh, I mean, that was a, that was a fun game, and with the Jaguars, that final drive they had, um, it was just it was just a good back and forth game. I think the Jaguars probably uh, woke up this morning and said that game shouldn't have been that close uh, last night, but it was, and they found a way to win. Where where the Saints just they couldn't find a way to to tie that game and, and take it into overtime. And I touched on this closing last night about the, the dome and it would be rocking and it did, but I think it's lost some of its, uh, vibe, some of its energy. Yeah. But guess, guess what? Here's the reason why they haven't been as good. It's not, it's not the brick and mortar that makes a place tough. When Arkansas first opened Bud Walton Arena 
it was they were unbeatable there because of those teams. Mm-hmm. When when they had John Pelfrey as head coach, the teams weren't very good. <laughs> the, the brick and mortar wasn't beating anybody. You're right. You're right. So uh, now that was a fun game last night. Um, and uh, and for the Jaguars, we talked about it yesterday as well. I mean, they they needed that win with what they've got coming up on the schedule. I mean, it doesn't get it doesn't get easy after this for them for for the next I think two out of the next three weeks. Some pretty tough games. So uh, they that was a big that one. one. That was that was one. that that was a big one going on the road next week and then open then tough after that for for a team that's really young but already seasoned yeah no you're you're absolutely right they, uh, they already played in big games they have they have and and i mean and plus they've had to go uh across the pond a couple of times uh this year and, and i'm sure that's uh not easy even though uh even though they're kind of used to it, they do it every year. Um, did you see uh, the the kind of breaking news earlier today from uh, from a golf standpoint? I know we haven't talked much golf uh, lately, um, but Front Office Sports uh, reported about an hour ago um, that the PGA Tours merger with Live Golf is in serious doubt. They're being told from sources. There's uh, there's been uh, so little progress that extending the December 31st deadline would likely be pointless. So sounds like kind of after all of that talk we were having for months about this merger that maybe it might fall apart before it even happens. Well, it could, and I, and I hadn't seen that. But this week, Phil Mickelson's been very chatty about mm-hmm. just thinking it's going to be a mass exodus to live next year. Really. Interesting. They're playing uh, right now. They're actually, I think, in Miami this weekend. Liv is. Uh, yeah, let's actually Good luck, let's, Liv. Let's, let's do a little leaderboard. Uh, leaderboard <laughs> check do. for uh, let's do. for Liv. You're gonna have to did give me do, a couple did minutes. Did we have picks? Uh, no, unfortunately, we we did not have picks. But I'm sure I can find a leaderboard, maybe somewhere. Um, let's see. You might find a leaderboard much easier than you can, like TV coverage. Oh wow! Uh, match play this weekend uh, for Shake Liv. It up. I didn't even know they did match I had play. No clue. Liv. How about that? Something new. Uh, anybody worth noting? Um, oh Are they wow! As teams. What am I, Brett? You're asking questions I'd not have the answers to. <laughs> okay. um, I'm sorry. I, I can tell you though that uh, Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka are going up against each other. What a My, uh, what a could have been there. a formidable Ryder uh, Ryder Cup team a few weeks ago. Maybe. Could have been, could have been, but uh, Brooks Kepka four up on uh, on Phil right now. So, uh, um, yeah, that's your live update for the day. That's all I got, Brett. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll take Kepka every time over Phil. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, that is the quarterfinals of match play going on today. Okay. So uh, I guess if you're into live, are they playing at Trump Drow? You know, Brett, in Miami again. You're asking questions okay. that I, uh, I, and I had already xed out of it. Let's see. I'm sorry. Um, they, they are. Yes, they are. They are. So, sure. Why not? That's your live talk for the day. If you came for live, you're you're happy. That's today. it. I mean, that's all we got. That's <laughs> all I got. <laughs> you had more than I had. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, not much. But uh, but no. So I do think that is interesting. I just I, saw that earlier today, and I uh, did see the news today, and I love how the picture is now everywhere of the Michigan assistant. Oh yeah. Accused and embroiled as the centerpiece of the controversy. And I love how they have the picture and it highlighted on, on all the pictures going around like it's a picture of Sasquatch. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. They got him like circled and like, uh, like, so everybody knows. All right. So, that's him. Put him on a so, billboard. Are, 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 if he comes tell, to your team. Tell me people out there if you did this today. When you, when you saw that picture, you click on, 
you superimpose because I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be a guy sitting up in the stands, uh-huh. maybe in Wisconsin paraphernalia, oh, yeah. being you know really clandestine, surreptitious on the. He's on the sideline at the uh-huh. Michigan Ohio State game yeah. last year. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what's what, the controversy in that. That's a good question. I mean, every single picture I've seen him is been on the sidelines. I've not seen one picture of him. Maybe that another team took a picture of him and Boy, at Dasherly, and Michigan. They were yeah. so smart to hide him out on their sideline, right. but yet be stealing signals at road games at the same time. This this is the biggest nothing ever. This is how hated the Big Ten coaches hate Harbaugh. You know, Brett, I, I I will have to give him credit though because I mean that is that's how you do it if you're gonna um, steal signs and have somebody going out. To steal signs, what better way than to, than to have them on the sidelines during your game? I mean, what a better alibi! I mean, that's that's how you do it. I, I won't say what Big Twelve team it is, but I know of a Big Twelve place that sends people out to like the week before. Let, let's say School A is playing School B, uh-huh. and representative of School C is playing School B next week. Uh-huh. They send letters. It really is. <laughs> they send that. They send that person almost as an embed on a Wednesday or Thursday into said town to mix and mingle and just see what you can hear and pick up and and roll around campus in that that school's gear like he's mm, one of them. Yeah. And then up in the stands, just making you, you can make all the notes you want. Everybody sure. knows you can make all the notes you want to on your phone and video it. At Cecil B. DeMille quality uh-huh. <laughs> and go back home and do yeah. the report. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, what's, it's so funny to me is this whole story, everything about it is like so high school football to me. Cause that was like always the controversy in high school football is like, Oh, Oh, you see up there in the stands. That's, that's Bartlett's uh, assistant coach up there. He's, we, you know, we're playing them next week. They're, they're mm-hmm. here scouting us and stuff. So I mean, Which like, has been done forever. It, it, everybody does it. And I love it so much that now for some reason, this is a, it uh, is very high school. It's Brian, so that is high a, school. Uh, uh, almost junior high. It really is. It really is. Because I mean, that's the only time I've ever experienced like coaches getting visibly mad on the sidelines of like, they're here scouting us next week and then someone's like well let's throw him out and then the other coach is like there's nothing we can do about it he paid a ticket i mean he's just here to watch the game what are we gonna do kick him out and uh and i mean that's just what seems like this is is you know some coaches the rutgers uh you know assistant coach looking up look that's a michigan assistant up there watching our game i mean it's it's hilarious i heard danny cannell on the drive down today on with pat smith and landrum roberts on the three-man front on jocks and he was telling the story that he knows often of assistant coaches that had, you know, it's so cross-pollinated in, in college mm-hmm. football. Everybody's worked or played at the other place and, and, and know a lot of different people that he knows of a lot of instances where maybe, maybe not the day of the game, but in that off season when they're out recruiting, they see each other, go, Hey, uh, y'all, you got to change your, your keys or your signal guy. We had, we had, we had every one of yeah. your signs by the end of the first quarter. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I mean, that's that's the thing, and and I think we were talking to to Bill Bender yesterday about it, and and he kind of said the same thing. I mean, like it all goes back to to kind of baseball of like that's always the baseball conversation. Of like, you know, if your if your signs are are easy, teams are going to steal them, and that's fair game. I mean, you got to you got to switch them up, and so I mean, I think I think same thing for for this and football. Of if your right signs on. are just stale and the same and easy to pick up on, that's your fault. I promise you, I thought of that conversation, that dialogue we had yesterday, yeah. especially driving through the state of Alabama, the home state of the great Willie Mays, the Say Hey mm-hmm, Kid, yeah. and in Peter, uh, in, 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 in the Peter Burns, not Peter Burns, um, what was the PBS guy that did the great baseball set special? Oh, not crap. Peter Burns, I mean, he's on ESCZ Network. Hold on. <laughs> Golly, I can't think, I can't think of his name, but in his great special on PBS on baseball, he had George Will as one of the commentators, as one of the narrators, as one of the kind of the guests. What was his, what was his name that did the baseball special on PBS? I can't think of it. But anyway, he, he said that Willie Mays was so smart. He was so smart in the dugout and as a player that if he got on base in the, in, in the first at bat, for, in the first mm-hmm. inning or so. Yeah. That if he got to second, he had everything, everything <laughs> de- decoded. If he didn't get on base, he had everything by the fifth inning. Really? That's incredible. He was that smart. Wow. Wow. I, that, that really, that's remarkable. I mean, that's only, uh, only he could do that, I guess. I mean, that's, that's incredible to hear. Uh, well, let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story of the day. Before I get to that, I will say Paul texts in and says it's the Live Team Championship this weekend yeah. in Miami. Thank you, Paul. So Paul, he's keeping, uh, keeping close tabs Thank on, Paul. Keep on it, Live. Keep us up to date, Paul. Please. You be, you be yeah. our correspondent. Please, for, for. please, Paul, because I'm not keeping up with Live, so I need somebody else keeping up with Live. Um, to keep me in line. But let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story of the day. 3.30, Alan Bell uh, from CBS Sports Digital, also the executive producer of The Early Edge, will join us. We'll talk some wagering with him, get his picks for the weekend in both college football and the NFL. 3.45, we'll break down this Tigers versus UAB football game tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. We'll also take a look at the slate in the AAC. 4 o'clock, Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insider, CBS Sports, and BAMSports.net will join us. We'll talk some more wagering with him, get his picks for both college football and the NFL for the weekend. We've also, can't forget, Brett, we got to ask him about totals with that total for Iowa sitting down at uh, 30 and a half. we got to uh, ask him, because he's the historian on all of this, we got to ask him, uh, what's the lowest, what's the highest totals uh, he remembers seeing for a game. 4.30, we'll get into the SEC, um, and we'll also get into our uh, college football and NFL bingo cards for the weekend. 4.45, we'll get to big number of the day. 5 o'clock, Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas will join us to talk Razorbacks and the SEC. We'll get out with Ty. And then about 5.20, Charles Hall from Hewitt and Dunn. Uh, we tell you every single day about Hewitt and Dunn. They're a 5 o'clock sponsor every single afternoon. He's going to join us for a couple of minutes. Tell us about Hewlett and Dunn and everything they've got going on out in Collierville. 5.30, we'll get to our first National Bank and Trust Friday football forecast. And at 5.45, we're 
wrap up the show. We'll wrap up the week with Taco Bell Crunch Time. But let me remind you, we're in our Family Leisure Studios where family and fun come together. The Overstock Sale. Help Family Leisure clear out their overstock inventory. Select patio furniture up to 50% off. Play gyms under $2,000. Extended sale pricing on all in-stock hot tubs and swim spas. Winter pool closing items up to 30% off. Pool tables and game room items up to $700 of their in-stock items. They've also got saunas, massage chairs, arcades, and theater seating with all free delivery. And the special financing is still available, but only at Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Good friend of mine texted me. Thank you so much. It was Ken Burns on that PBS mm. special. He's on all those Civil War. He did, he did all, all those and it was fantastic. Thank you. Th- thank you so much, Mr. Chad. I appreciate that. Uh, we are, we are sports time and we are with you until six o'clock. He's Brian. I'm Brett. And you can contact us as our live correspondent did at 901-360-8255. We want your text. Please hit up 901-360-8255. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and online at LexusofMemphis.com. The one and only Lexus dealership in town. Great offers on all 2023 models and always special leasing options. Call them at 901-334-9673 and drive in luxury and confidence, knowing that every new Lexus comes with complimentary first and second maintenance services. Stop by Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and put yourself in the driver's seat of the all-new 2023 flagship LS500. You'll be looking, you'll be driving in style. When you purchase a Lexus, you get top-of-the-line engineering and design, and they make for the luxury driving experience. Online at LexusofMemphis.com. Experience amazing. Experience amazing at Lexus of Memphis. Top story of the day. Well, my top story of the day was going to be the weekend of football, both college football and the NFL. But with the more and more information we're getting about this Michigan situation, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go differently than what I originally had planned, and I'm gonna go with this Michigan situation. I've been hearing more and more reports, more reporters talking about this situation. I heard Pete Thamel uh, earlier today on ESPN was asked about it and was talking about it, and he said for him as a journalist, once he heard the Big Ten was involved in this, that that's really when the alarms went off for him because, as he said, Mich- or, uh, the Big Ten does not want, and I-, I should say he was at Ohio State when he was saying this, their second biggest brand, because Ohio State's number one in front of all of those Ohio State fans he was in front of, uh, he don't that, that the Big Ten wouldn't want their second biggest brand to go down like that. So he said maybe there is something there if the Big Ten uh, is going uh, is investigating it like they are. Ross Dellinger from Yahoo tweeted out uh, earlier uh, saying for a year um, Big Ten coaches have known about the Michigan analyst pictured below who they say spearheaded uh, UM's uh, exactly UM's alleged sign stealing system. But Brett, again, like you said. The, the problem I have with this, and I think they've suspended that, that assistant coach um, uh, with this investigation going on. But like you said earlier, it seems like every picture I see has him on the sideline during a Michigan game. I'll believe it more when I see a picture of him in the stands somewhere, him at an away game for another team, scouting like they say he is. Maybe it's just a good cover-up job by Michigan. Maybe we're, uh, we're digging a little too deep into something that that really there isn't much there. But I'm sure we'll get uh, more and more information about this as the weeks come on. But um, it's certainly going to 
put some uh, a cloud. I don't know what kind of cloud it will put on, but people will be talking about this tomorrow during that big rivalry game between Michigan and Michigan State. Yeah, and you got both of the shows really there, Big Noon yeah. and Game Day, Everybody so they're, they're going to have to touch on it. I know Desmond Howard's going to love being questioned about that. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I know the treatment by the Ohio State fans of him when he's there at game day, oh, man. that's just going to add fuel to oh, it. Oh, yeah. But I, I need to see a picture of this person at Camp Randall Stadium. Yeah. I need to see him at the Gopher Stadium mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. I need to see him at, at, at the Horseshoe when they're playing uh, when they're playing uh, Penn State yeah. in, in, instead. Right now they're making him out to be Umbrella Man in Dealey Plaza, hmm. and I, I just don't think it's all that. My top story is this college football weekend starting tomorrow morning early to late from 11 o'clock, Penn State at Ohio State, Tigers at UAB. The Gus Bus, it parks in Norman tomorrow for the Big 12 game between UCF and OU at 2.30, UT at Bama. Houston hosting Texas in a league game. It's been a while for those two teams to meet in a league game, and it won't ever happen again. This is the one shot of Houston playing Texas in a league game again the rest of our life, the rest of eternity, and that is a really long time. And then at night, it's good with Ole Miss at Auburn. How good is Ole Miss? Auburn isn't very good. We'll see tomorrow just how good Ole Miss is in the Hugh Freeze versus Lane Kiffin game. Duke at Florida State. It's not Mike Shishesky against Leonard Hamilton. It's Mike Elko versus Mike Norvell. Utah at USC late in the Michael Pennick show at about 9.30. Stuck somewhere in all that, the Obscurity Bowl. Clemson and the U just kind of playing the game because oh, oh, the tickets were printed. Not top story of the day. Low blow on Clemson and the U, Brett. Low blow. But uh, you you pretty much covered it with college football there. So my uh, not top story, the NFL, the weekend in the NFL. We had a really fun game last night uh, between the Jaguars and the Saints. And it was really the Saints' defense that, that stepped up and made some stops to, to keep them in that game. If, if you kind of if you're watching last night, or if you go back and look at the box score early in that game, the Saints really couldn't get much going um, and settled for a handful of field goals early in that game. But that defense, they stood strong. They came up with some stops when the Jaguars really came out hot and, and scored early a couple times and, and looked like they were really rolling. But the Saints get some stops. They have a big fourth quarter, scoring 15 points. Uh, to come back and make it a game. Uh, the Jaguars end up uh, on their final drive going down and scoring. The Saints had one more opportunity but just couldn't make anything happen. Um, and they fall short and lose, dropping to 3-4. and four. The Jaguars improved to 5-2. and two. But when you look at this weekend in the NFL, there should be some really good games. But... We talk about clouds over a team, clouds over a weekend. All of the injuries with these, some of these star players in the NFL, that's going to be a big storyline going into Sunday. What players are able to play, what players are out, how will that affect those teams, and it's going to be something to keep a close eye on on Sunday. My not top story is tomorrow with the Tigers at UAB. Doesn't feel like it did this time last week with the big home game against Tulane, but it's just as important, maybe more important now because of that loss. A win, and I think everything will be, all will be well, or at least okay. There's some that are so indifferent about this Tiger team. I don't know that winning really jazzes them up that much. But a loss, we know what that'll do. It'll, it'll spark a big freak-out factor, maybe like we haven't seen in the Ryan Silverfield years. Last Friday night, the crowd was lean. It just was. But tomorrow, with with a, a, a win, 
I don't know what the crowd's going to be like when they finally get back home on November 4th, but a loss tomorrow, then whatever happens at North Texas, won't be many people out there for the USF game, and, and that will speak loudly. I don't think the Tigers will lose tomorrow, but it's going to be close all day. I think you're right. I mean, that, that UAB team has shown a lot. They're, they're steadily improving uh, as the year is going on under Trent Dilfer. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that game later on in the hour, but that'll do it for top and not top story of the day. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk some wagering with Alan Bell. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Let's make some money. Money! It's time for Wagering Talk with Alan Bell from CBS Sports. Alan is the executive producer of Early Edge, part of CBS Sports Digital, and on Twitter X at Alan G. Bell. Here's Alan with Bryant and Brett. We're trying to catch up with Alan Bell, and we will, from CBS Digital and the Early Edge. Trying to catch up him now. Can't wait to get his thoughts on the Jim Harbaugh story that is taking college football by storm. And I think the consensus out there, and it probably wouldn't take much more to send him running back into an NFL owner's arms. And this will only, only speed, speed it up because, you know, at odds with the NCAA over cheeseburgers now over this. And unless there's more to it than what they have so far. The, these pictures of him on 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 a Michigan sideline at road games, and you and I, I can tell one of those pictures was at the Ohio State game last year because I, I can see the uniforms they had on. I can see Ohio State logoed fandom uh, very close, you know, right right behind them. I, I wasn't sitting too far from that area. I did not see him uh, when when I was there last year, but I, I so far I don't think it's a lot, but I do think it's again illustrative to see the Pete Thamels and he invoked in, you know, the big J of journalism. Uh, I see, I see Pete Thamel. I see, uh, Dan Wetzel. I see a lot of the, the big college football writers rushing to believe every semicolon of this story, the, uh, of the most negative aspect of it. Why? I don't know. Uh, and, and you do not see this reaction when it's the college basketball story. Never. But the college football writers rushing to, you know, to, to help dig the, dig, dig the hole for, for Jim Harbaugh and, and bury him in, in Michigan in it. I, 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 I never see the glee of the college basketball, uh, commentariat like the college football people out there rushing to it. I don't think they should rush to defend. I think you should rush to tell the story, but they're all, I think the slant has been believe everything that's coming out from sources leaked otherwise by Big Ten and, and uh, 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 other people around college football. Well, that's a really good point by you because really no matter how you see this situation or, or really what you think about any of it, 
it's just a completely different of how college bat and I'm not saying it's right or wrong or, or one way is better than the other, but college basketball and and the way college football is covered by journalists, by journalists from ESPN, by journalists from Yahoo, from the Athletic, from all these places is so much different. I mean, I was talking yesterday or the day before, whenever I brought up about Bob Huggins, um, when I forgot who was talking about him, Jeff Goodman was was interviewing uh, Frank Martin about him and. Uh, and he called Huggy. him. He called him hugs. Yeah, well, we 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 hugs. we're really pulling for hugs and and all yeah. that stuff. Like, I mean, I think most people want him to to get well, absolutely, and, and, and to do well. But it it is so much more. Yes, uh, it's so much more charitable. It's so uh-huh. much more hospitable. It's the, it's the nicknames and the and the you know we're we're friends, we're boys, you know that sort and, of thing. And, and I, I would bet you, I, I would bet you, Harbaugh doesn't have uh, Jim Harbaugh. Doesn't have a single college football insider in his hip pocket. And you know why? Why? He doesn't care. Oh, yeah, not at all. And I think you're absolutely right. I've heard you say it. I've heard other people kind of start saying it of like, I mean, we've thought for a couple of years now that Jim Harbaugh was going to have enough of, of college football and go back to the NFL. But now after having to spend four games away from his team because of a, of a suspension and now whatever comes down from this, I think even if this doesn't resolve in anything, just the kind of the poking and, and digging around his program, why, why would he not go back to the NFL and there'd be a team that would hire him just like that? And, and just about anybody at Michigan with the expand or the playoffs coming, just about any decent coach in the in, in Michigan. Okay, maybe Brady Hoke wouldn't have, or, or or maybe Rich Rod. That's that's a couple. Yeah. So maybe not any, but most Michigan coaches will be able to do enough to be somewhere in that playoff picture. Sure. So if he left, you know, Michigan's not bankrupt they're not out of the football business but he's done them a really good job it took a while before he finally beat ohio state now he's defeated him two years in a row and i think he's i think they and probably georgia are, at, are, are a little bit ahead of the rest of college football i don't know if georgia is quite that, that as much with brock bowers now out but how about harpaw in los angeles with justin herbert oh, i mean man. if 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 he could really get the best out of him because so far Justin Herbert, what he's done is is kind of be that that fantasy football yeah. quarterback. A lot of big numbers, but not 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 a lot of not a lot of wins, not a lot of big wins. He he kind Certainly of beats the littles wins, and, yeah. and 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 not so much against the bigs. And another thing that Jim Harbaugh did when he was head coach of the Forty ers he 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 saw the value in and got the very best football in, in professional football anybody ever got out of Colin Kaepernick. Oh, absolutely, and we remember that run that and, that they and moved had. on from Alex Smith doing it. Sure did, and so uh, you know I I would love that. I mean, you 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 look at the weapons that the Chargers have, not just. Justin Herbert, but what they have at receiver, what they have at running back, um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, if that job comes open, I mean, why would I not want to put my name into that and and give the NFL another go? And and, and there are other places. Oh, absolutely. What if the what if the Cowboys moved on from Mike McCarthy? Now hmm. it, it doesn't feel like that would be the most dynamic fit of Jim Harbaugh, a very strong no, personality sure. with Jerry Jones, but that's almost been the case with a lot of coaches. But, you know, if, if Bill Parcells and Mike McCarthy can work for you, I think, I think, I think, uh, Jim, Jim Harbaugh could, uh, his beloved Bears, 
Oh, yeah. That, then that could be a very a very real uh, opening in, in the next couple of months, uh, especially when the season's done. So I think there's, you look around the NFL, I think there's going to be several um, places that are open, and, and I don't think Jim Harbaugh is just going to take whatever's out there to get away from, from college football. But I think if the job's right, like you said, uh, his beloved Bears, if it's maybe a team like the Chargers where he's he's got maybe a quarterback, maybe an offense that he feels like he can work with, maybe the Cowboys if things go south and they feel like they need to make a coaching change, maybe a team that you think has all the pieces to, to be a Super Bowl contender. I mean, I think I think he's already thought very seriously about making that jump back to the NFL. And, and I know a lot of teams would take him. And so, I mean, we're... We're, we're going to get the talk no matter what, but I think this time it could be very serious. Even some reports a few years ago that he was fishing, that he was trying yeah, to, to, to to get back to the NFL, You know where, where his brother John is really one of the distinguished yeah. old guard coaches of the NFL. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to look and make sure, but I'm going to say John Harbaugh right now in current NFL seniority, third or fourth oh, really? in the league, third. Wow. Uh, Belichick one, Tomlin two, John Harb- Harbaugh three, Pete Carroll four, Andy Reid five. In, in current job, it's incredible. I mean, got I knew, hired by the Ravens in 08. I mean, I knew just, I mean, just for that alone, I knew he was up there. But um, it, it, it's impressive what he's done, and and you never hear any any talk about. Well, maybe it's time for the Ravens to move on. Never, and, and you don't hear any of that. I mean, consistent solid as organization get. as it uh, is. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And, and his one Super Bowl he got was against his brother right. in Super Bowl 47 in New Orleans, and, and and that week it, it was fun. It was first Super Bowl that I I got to go to for this radio station it was so much fun and to see the difference between the two harbaugh's yeah. all week john was so much more laid back mm-hmm. than jim i mean he was i mean he was just in a knot all week i thought he coached a little like it especially in that first yeah. half and then late in the game you know michael crabtree has one i basically go through his hands or you're the right. 49ers win you're absolutely that was a fun game and Kaepernick played great he played unbelievably and just the fact that you you put that that game with like you said the brother versus brother made it a, a very compelling Super Bowl one of and, one of my favorites that I remember and, their, and their, their parents were around all week and the mom awesome. her personality seemed very much like John Harbaugh's the Ravens coach and the dad's personality seemed very hardwired like Jim Harbaugh's personality. Really? So yeah. that's hilarious. Um, you, you could really sense that from those two. And, and you know, a, a real fun game. And, and I showed you a picture of, of me with Chris Carter. Yeah. That's when Chris Carter was saying back then, he starts his franchise then with Colin Kaepernick. That's how good really? Cap was in those years. <laughs> really? Wow. That's uh and he was. I mean, you just watch him and you could see the talent. And also, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh's sister uh, and John Harbaugh's married to Tom Crean. And when That's right. when Georgia was here to play Memphis, he was uh he was with that that team and she uh, you can tell she uh grew up with the with the Harbaugh brothers. Okay, sure. somebody with an earshot that day told me that she definitely got the more of the Jim and the she dad uh-huh. personality yes, trait. Certainly did, uh, 100%. That Danny Hurley might uh-huh. have even blushed in her yeah. presence. Uh huh. Yeah, that was back. I think that was, uh, I think I was a sophomore. That was Anthony Edwards. Uh, it, it was. And, uh, I was doing radio and, uh, I kept, I kept, I, you, you could hear her on our on our broadcast. And I kept looking over going, there, like, was it going through your broadcast? I, I think some of it might have gotten through. Was it, was um, it magic words? 
I, I don't remember any that, that really jumped off the page to me, but I'm sure something. Um, and I just kept looking over and was like, who is this lady? And then somebody told me, yeah, that's Tom Crean's wife. And then someone else told me, yeah, she's also uh, Jim and John Harbaugh's sister. I go, oh, it makes sense. Uh, everything well, makes sense now. Brian, if I remember correctly, that was the first Saturday of the new calendar year. And that right. was a day that DJ Jeffries was a late scratch because of the flu. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Um, I remember it being a loss. I remember Georgia winning right. that game. And, and somebody told me later, and we know what hit the world a month, month and a half later. Oh wow! Somebody told me later they think that DJ Jeffries might have, you know, might had kind of the the, kind of the, the first COVID. strains of COVID. Interesting. Was, wow! Remember, he was a late scratch that day. Yeah, you know what? Now that I'm starting, to, now I'm starting to think about it. I do kind of remember that. And now, you know, most everything you read, and I mean, you, you can find it almost any publication you want. Sure. I mean, COVID was here okay. fall of 2019. It was here oh, October, November, December of 2019. Absolutely. I mean, I remember um, the year Memphis went and played Penn State in the Cotton Bowl. and That, was that year. It was that year, and mm-hmm. it was before, it was that that March after was when it, everything kind of hit. And I remember my buddy uh, calling me. He went to, he didn't go to the that game, but he went to a hockey game in Texas. I think that was at the Cotton Bowl maybe, outside, like one of their winter series games. Uh-huh. And uh, he came back, and he was like, I'm sick as a dog. I don't know what I have. They're saying it might be the flu, but they don't know, and yada, yada, yada. And then, like, I- a year I, I later, did. he was like, yeah, it was certainly, it was 100% COVID. S- same here. Uh, yeah. Ole Miss had a really, really late open date that year. And in fact, the open date fell the week before Thanksgiving and Ole Miss and Memphis played in basketball. Mm. And, 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 and I, I, I went to the game and had never felt like that in my life and went to the doctor on Tuesday. And he, he said, I don't know what's wrong with you. You know, it's not coming back as, you know, flu or pneumonia. And I had, ne- I had never felt like that in my life. And that wow. was the, the, the early, I think the early strains of it. I think you're right. Uh, that day, Memphis versus uh, Georgia, Precious Achua, your uh, leading scorer with 20 points. Um, DJ was a scratch, right? He was. Yeah, DJ yeah, did not yeah. play in that game. And the story was later told to me. They they think that that's what was wrong with it. Wow. I believe it. That's interesting, though. Well, uh, we weren't able to catch up with Alan Bell Oh, we today. hate it. Alan's always yeah, reliable. I hate it. Sure I don't, I, is. And I, I haven't heard anything back from him. I'm very sorry. Yeah, no, but we'll catch up with him uh, next Friday and, and get back on schedule. But let's go ahead, get to a break, uh, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about this Tigers-UAB game. We'll also look at the slate in the AAC. That's next on Sports Time. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And we got to talk about this 
Tigers versus UAB game tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. on ESPN2 if you're not making the trip down to Birmingham. Well, Brett, uh, I think the biggest storyline for this team after, uh, you know, this far into the season, I guess I should say, has been the slow starts. And a lot of people have their takes on on what the slow starts have have come from. And uh, we heard Greg, uh, we asked Greg about it yesterday. I was talking with Dave about it today. And I've heard a lot of, of Seth Hennigan was just really amped up last week against Tulane. But there have been slow starts all season. I mean, there has not been one game this year that the Tigers have got, gotten off to a fast start. And I think tomorrow, against a UAB team that's in year one of their head coach, I, I think they're going into every game saying, let's get better, let's get better. Um, and I think that, that could be dangerous when you're talking about a team that hasn't had a good chance of, or ha- hasn't done a good job of starting off fast. You could look up and, and you could be down to a, to a UAB team that's sitting at, what, 2-5 and five right now? Yeah, and that just doesn't even pretend to play any defense. And right. we're talking a guy with what thirty college starts yeah. and and going into the biggest game too amped up. I mean that okay, you know, as a freshman or you know, big game in into mm-hmm. your sophomore year, yeah. it, it, it's time to be moving away from that. And 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 I, that's why I had it is not top story. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it's any time to hit any any fire alarms mm-hmm. or the the panic button on on anything. But we know what the reaction is going to be with a lost mark. I, what, what I'm scared of with the Tigers after seeing, trying to be kind, a very lean crowd yes. last Friday night. I don't know that if winning rings many chimes. Well, that's uh, that, that's a good point. Um, I don't know, but I think indifference uh, indifference is really scary. Yes, but it, I mean, a win is certainly better uh, than than coming back it, to a loss. It is. That's the object. It's yes. like the Kurt Ferentz. That's right. That's right. So outline. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting game. And you mentioned that defense. I mean, that de- that UAB defense. While the offense is fun to watch uh, at times, that defense is not. And so I think this could be a good opportunity for the Tigers to to get out there. I, I said with Dave this morning. I think if you go down there and you win the toss, I think if you're Ryan Silverfield, you say, "Give us the ball first. Let's let's start aggressive. Let's get aggressive. Um, and, and and let's let's try to go down and, and put some points on the board early. And I think tomorrow you've got a great opportunity to do that. And I asked Greg this yesterday, does he know of any reluctance, reticence to really let Seth Hennigan go, mm. to let him go early, or is this, is the coaching staff, is Ryan Superfield, are they, are they scared that if he, if he got out there and was a turnover machine early, that against a lot of teams, it would be maybe too big of a hole to come back from. UAB's not one of those. But at quarterback to, to, tomorrow in, in Birmingham, that's as good a quarterback matchup as last Friday night was. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, the, the UAB quarterback has been very impressive. And I think, you know, a transfer from, from Baylor and I think has been getting better. Um, with every start at UAB, I think he's getting more comfortable in that system, getting comfortable with, with what Trent Dilfer wants. And that's the thing. When you have Trent Dilfer as your head coach, I think going forward at, at UAB, if he sticks around and, and can find some success, he's not going to have any problems getting quarterbacks in there. I think there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that will want to play for Trent Dilfer. And, and I think he'll get a lot of offensive weapons. I think the question is, is, is how will he be able to recruit defensively? But I'm excited about this game tomorrow. I know a lot of people uh, might not be, um, but I, I really am, uh, uh, interest to see what the Tigers can do. The Tigers are decided road favorite in this that? one starts tomorrow morning at eleven o'clock and with a win get to five and two next week at North Texas. If if they're seven point favorite at UAB they'll be at least be that yeah. or more at North Texas. You know easy chance or or 
favorable to get to six and two before you get back home on November fourth against South Florida. I mean, if seven and two doesn't get some people excited (laughs) that that I've heard forever, they want to see a winner. Uh Well, by any definition, seven and two is a winner. That's a winner. You're absolutely right. So we'll see what happens with the Tigers. Tomorrow at UAB. Last night we did have a, a game in the American Rice. Uh, beat uh, beat Tulsa pretty handily, forty-two to ten. Tonight we've got SMU versus Temple on ESPN, uh, and then tomorrow outside of Memphis, UAB, Air Force at Navy, Charlotte at East Carolina, North Texas at Tulane, South Florida at UConn, UTSA at Florida Atlantic. So it should be a fun day in the American. But let's wrap up this hour. When we come back, we'll talk uh, some wagering with Bruce Marshall. 